Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Midnight McBride Show, show number 55. And this week's show is called The Wild West, and that's because I've got the Wild West woman in the studio with me, and that's <laughs> Samantha West. Hello, Samantha. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. Lovely to be here. It's wonderful to have you in the studio. I was quite excited. Me too. We'll start off with the things you do. and Yeah, okay. You are a children's author. Yes. And you're also a yogi. Yes. You're a musician. Yeah. Singer. Yeah. And you also <laughs> have taught creative writing to children. I have indeed. Yes. Yeah. So all beautiful things and all expressing yourself as well, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We'll start off. You know how the show goes, if you've seen it, how it works. And mm -hmm. so we go on somebody's journey. Yeah. And what happened in their life and then how they arrived in this present moment. And I mm -hmm. always say your past doesn't define you. It's just your view on the journey to this present moment. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And then we'll talk about your book, Flying Billy, mm -hmm. which I read very recently. And Amazing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was very, when you read something, sometimes it's as if it was written for you. Yeah. you know? And I read it and just a beautiful message. And particularly about flying, because I often dream about flying. Wow. Okay. And it was very poignant as well, because I've watched and read a lot of Sadhguru, and Sadhguru talks about human beings and it being a crime against humanity that when asked, can you get up and walk from a chair, human beings will say yes. When they're asked, can you fly, they'll say, no, of course not. And they'll say, why? He says, well, because we've never done that before. But if we define our future by everything we've done in the past and that limits us, then there's no opportunity for change and growth. It's really important that whatever's happened in the past doesn't limit us. That doesn't determine our future actions. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, Sammy, how we met. Yeah. And Liam Brown has been on the show twice or three times now, possibly. Mm -hmm. And he's a yoga teacher teaches yoga rave, has ecstatic dance, does retreats, mm -hmm. and you're part of his yoga rebel tribe posse. Mm. Yes? Yeah, I do a lot of the dances. Yes. Yeah, I love dancing. And you're actually a qualified yoga teacher too, I aren't am you? Indeed. Although you're not teaching at the moment. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether I want to teach just yoga, but I definitely learned a lot from that, and that started me probably on the path that I'm on now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Before we go into your journey and your story, mm. just a little bit about Flying Billy, okay? Because yeah, we're going to go into detail about it later. But yeah. So, what is the book? Roughly, what's the... Give us an outline of the story. Yeah. I, I know at the end of the show in the extras, which we talked about, which is wonderful, as you're going to read the book for us, aren't you? I am. I'm excited to do so. Yeah. yeah. So... Basically, it's about a, a little boy, Billy, who had always dreamt of being able to fly. Um, and for him, you know, he didn't really believe in himself. And his parents don't really believe in him, but yeah. his best mate does. So, Belinda. Yeah. Uh, there she is. Yeah. And um, She's like a furry and she's into flowers she, and everything, yeah, isn't she? a lot of my friends say, Sammy, you're Belinda. <laughs> um, but basically... I also think maybe I'm a little bit of Billy because um, with this story, it's he, 
basically as a result of his best mate believing in him, he really starts to believe in himself. And then it's a, it's a story as to whether he flies or not, basically. And he grows wings, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, and then, it? you know, he can achieve whatever he wants to achieve with yeah. self-belief and, and knowing he's worthy, you know. That's a message that all adults need to get, really, Definitely. isn't it? Definitely, you know, as so well as children. Giving it to children, obviously they're going to eventually be adults, so it's a yeah. really important, valuable time, isn't it? Really is, really is. So we always start with somebody's childhood, and yeah. where were you born, Sammy? I was born in Withinshaw, in Manchester. So you've always been, and still are, a Manchester girl? Still Manchester, But yes. now you live in the posher part, Wilmslow. Yes. Is that not class as Cheshire now? <laughs> I've not, not moved to <laughs> Cheshire now, possibly. <laughs> yes, probably Cheshire, yeah. 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 And you said that your mum and dad split up when you were quite young. They did, yeah, when I was yeah. four. And that that period then, as a young child, was quite turbulent. Definitely, Maybe yeah. tell us a bit about that. Um, the breakup was um, quite traumatic. So my earliest memory is when I was four, and the earliest memory is, um, is one that is quite traumatic. So, um, yeah, it, it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean that, for example, there's a lot of falling out, arguing, this kind of thing? You you were experiencing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of it. You know, I remember um, on Christmas Day, the fighting continuing, and and me just sort of praying, please stop. Yeah. You know, please stop. I know myself as an adult now, because I've had a nervous breakdown and. You've experienced that, which we'll talk about a bit yeah, later. Yeah, I know I remove myself from drama. Yeah. I always say too. that when you're being your true self, your true nature, then there's no drama. Mm. When people are trying to be somebody else, something they're not, it's a pretend, it's an act. Drama, by definition, is performed by actors. Yeah. So when you're not acting, when you're being your true self, what it, what is you, there is no drama. No. Drama is created by people that are pretending. You know, and trying to be something they're not. And yeah. I can't handle drama very well now. I have to distance myself from it. It upsets yeah. me a lot and I don't cope very well. No, I, mean, I, I don't cope you know, with it I'm either. a grown man and I can't handle drama. No, you know, me neither. Not well. No. You then said as well that at 16, so we've jumped forward a bit. Mm. I mean, how were your school years? Was Did you enjoy school? Um, I did enjoy school, like, because of my mates in school, you know. They were really supportive. I had really supportive friends. Um, and, yeah, so school, school was good. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, nice I think it was a bit of a release to, like, get out, you know, go to school, get away, you know, yeah. for a bit. Yeah. But then you said at 16, I think you were, well, tell us, you were told to leave, is that right? I was. <laughs> well, well, I wasn't What told. were you doing? Um, uh, basically, I'd started then um, working at Halifax when I was 16. So I was there for quite a while. I have definitely been in the corporate world for a long time. And obviously, I've left that now because mm -hmm. it, it was not fulfilling me at all. Um, and now I understand why, because I'm obviously quite creative and I didn't, yeah. didn't know that then. Um, but when I was 16, I'd started at Halifax and I was training. And I got home quite late one night and there was just all bin bags outside the front of the door. So you hadn't been partying, you'd just been at work? Just been at work. Oh. <laughs> I'd just been Most at work. Most people would get commended for, you know, working harder, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, no. So um, I just opened the door and 
my stuff was being thrown downstairs and so, then I had to move to dad's. Ah, right. Okay. So you had somewhere to go. I did. Yeah, I did. So obviously that was, uh, that was amazing that I did. Then at 19, Sammy, you went on your travels. I did. The start of your travels because you're extensively travelled and you've yes. lived in various continents and countries. Mm, travelled and lived, lived in one in, in Aussie, yeah. So I'll start with, where did you go when you were 19? I went to Malia. Um, I, I was doing really well at work and at 18 I was travelling around branches teaching people who were probably 40 odd out to do the job, you know, and it, um, it, you know, it definitely, for me, it was lovely that I was doing so well, but I really didn't want to be someone that was just staying in the one job for years and years. No. So at 19, even though I was doing amazing, I thought, no, I, I want to go and experience, yeah. have another experience for a little bit. So me and my best mate at the time um, decided to go to Malia and we went there for five months. I went and worked there and, and lived there, yeah. What were you doing in Malia? I was doing bar work to start with, but yeah. my friends were doing PRing, so I quit the bar work and then we did PRing. Yeah. When you're that age, though, if you go to like a tourist resort, somewhere warm and hot, and whether you're repping or... PR work or working behind the bar and stuff. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, but it was long hours, you know. Yeah. Um, but we had a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. And I think it was um, maybe like in the last month where I thought, I'm going to quit the job and I'm really going to try and experience just living here for a bit. I think my friends were still working. Yeah. So I managed to have, I think, about a month off. But yeah, we thoroughly enjoyed the experience, yeah. And at that age as well, you can... You can go out drinking, you can go up to bed at four o'clock, get up at six o'clock, go to work. You can yeah. do all that, can't you? Yeah. You're very resilient. Definitely, yeah. Because I'm imagining you partied quite a lot. Oh, we partied a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did party a lot, yeah. And from there, you, you you came back home, but you're not settled then. You're backwards and forwards between your parents. Yeah, yeah. Moved to dad's. From dad's, it was mum's. And I think I rented then at 19 for a bit. Um, and then my mate was like, look, you know, it's too expensive this. I'm only 19. Like, I'm going to move back to mum's. And so that was my friend. But yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel I had that option then. And uh, then I advertised to get someone in and that just went tits up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah then it was back to mum's and dad's and yeah. yeah. So like most teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I, at that age, was a nightmare. Mm. I didn't settle, I moved around all the time, I swapped jobs every five minutes, I was partying all the time, and I just didn't, I won't swear, but I didn't care mm. really about tomorrow, all I was bothered about was today. Right, okay. You know, I was fully yeah. present in the moment all the time, but wow. yeah, I didn't think too far ahead. Yeah, okay, Yeah. that's good. At 23, then in your notes, it says that you were given a certain period of time, 18 months, 18 months to move out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very long period of time. That's that's not when you piss somebody <laughs> <Quite> off. <precise. laughs> yeah. That's not when you piss somebody off. That's when it's a, it's a long-term plan, isn't it? Yeah, my dad was like, look, Sammy, you've got 18 months. And actually, he did me such a massive favour because then I was like, fuck this. I need to give myself stability. Yeah. And I thought... I, I have to give it to myself. So then I, I thought, I'm just going to smash my bonuses at work and I'm going to buy a house. And that's exactly what I did. I bought a house at 24. So he did me a huge favour. Yeah. yeah, made you stand on your own two feet, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah, you know, all your experiences shape you, so yeah. I'm, 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 even though some of it wasn't the best, I'm still thankful for the experiences, definitely. I like this bit in your notes, Sammy, and it says, 
that you'd moved into your new house. Yes. And even just two or three days in, you had this feeling mm. that you might be an author one day. I did indeed, yeah. At that point, way before you ever wrote yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I think the universe, our intuition, which is our guidance system, whatever, gives us messages. Mm. It's always giving us messages, but when you're in the material world, you don't always receive them or interpret them or listen to them. Yeah. As you get older and you become more peaceful, mm -hmm. then we, I think, use that more to guide us through life. I, I talk in the book about the guidance system and I say, oh, careers advisors need to have careers advice. When you go to mm. school, they don't say what brings you joy and bliss, what makes you happy, mm. follow your heart. What they say is, this is going to make you the most money and you'll end up doing a job or a career pursuing money and wealth. And I always say any decision based purely on financial gain is a bad one. Yeah. You need to follow your heart. Yeah. And we navigate through life looking for what's going to make us the most money, the most power, get us the biggest car, the biggest job, the biggest house. And that it's what we're taught and it's done with the right motivation. They're not yeah. doing it out of malice, but it's a really bad compass. What we should mm. navigate with is, does this bring you joy? Is it making you happy? And does it help other people? Those are, that's it. Those are the two things you should follow. Follow Definitely. your heart, your bliss. Yeah, you know? so important. And so the universe, source energy, the zero point field, whatever you want to call it, was knocking at your door then giving you a message. Yeah. And you heard it, but you maybe didn't take I it thought, on board. don't be daft, you know. I thought, just laughed it off. I thought, mm. I don't know what that's about, but no, well, you know. Look at you now. Yeah. 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 Not only, we'll get to it, but not only have you written Flying Billy, you've written a host of other books as well. I have so. I've actually started an adult one as well, so. Yeah. Right. But like Mills and Boone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a raunchy one. And Whenever... she stroked his glistening hard chest. <laughs> Whenever I say it, I get, oh, is it a raunchy one? I'm like, I wonder why you give that impression. I just thought it was I funny. I don't know. I think whenever you say an adult book, maybe people think mm. instantly, oh, an adult thing. Yes, know? I think that's Gotta be a what, bit raunchy. Yeah. So mm, it's a not book raunchy for as yet, anyway. It's no. not raunchy as yet. No, but that could, could happen. It could happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could. The next part of your journey is you meet your partner, your, yeah. your ex partner now. Yeah. And you're, are you 26 or is he 26? I was 26. Okay. Yeah. And you're 30. Four now, Sammy, is that right? 34, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us what happened next. I know I've read the show notes, but you, you meet this guy and you, yeah. you're off on your travels again. Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a whirlwind. Um, you know, it was, it was really special. We met and I think then, you know, I was so used to doing everything on my own. I never really asked for help then, you know, and I, I had people asking me for help. And I was so independent and doing everything on my own. And I think when he came along, it was a bit a release because yeah. it was like, oh, I don't need to do everything on my own anymore. I'd been single five years prior to that. So, um, yeah. And then we were just together all the time, you know. It was, mm. it was beautiful for a long time. And then I decided to quit my job. Um, still at Halifax then. And to go to Aussie, Australia, um, basically it's easy with before 30. So I quit the job and it was always my dream at that point to, to go and live in Aussie. So yeah. we, we, we went together, you know. Yeah. In your notes, you mentioned codependency. And yeah, I think if you're with somebody, it's quite important to 
remain who you are. You can get lost in each other and you lose sense of self sometimes, don't yeah. you? You know, you yes. need to do your own stuff. Yeah. You need to still do the things that make you happy, your hobbies, factor that in. It's it's beautiful to be that close to somebody engaged, mm. but I also think it's really important to maintain your own identity too. Definitely. And that, mm. don't know whether that happened, to be fair. Um, we were together so much, you know, when we went travelling, we were together 24-7. Yeah. And he proposed in Bali. It was, it was beautiful. Sounds like a fairy tale. It, it, it was beautiful, but spending so long together... I did realise that he wasn't right for me. Is that when you're in Thailand, Cambodia, Bali, <laughs> Australia? <laughs> Is that when the money ran out? And you went, nah. <laughs> you're not getting money. What you're offering now, you know? Uh, no, basically, we travelled Thailand at the year before we went to Aussie. Yeah. And then we went to Aussie and we, we saved up loads of dosh and we thought, we're you know, we're going to live like kings and queens and travel so we did travel everywhere where you said it was amazing and then we traveled a lot of Aussie and then decided to settle in Perth and that's where I got a job amazing job out there he got an amazing job well you know amazing money really yeah um and you know then you're thinking a lot about money aren't you but then I was really realizing actually that's not all there is you know mm. um and yeah Basically, there was this realisation that I was really trying to ignore. You're, yeah. you're a creative, expressive person. Yeah. And pursuing money, initially, it's nice, but yeah. that'll never make you happy. No. 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 And Aussie, for me, didn't live up to the dream of it, you know. So after about a year, I decided to come home and I left the engagement. I left. So we proposed to you and then you changed your mind and realised it wasn't right for you. Yeah. 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 I've been to Thailand and I've been to Australia. I've lived in Australia for a while, but I've not been to Bali and I've not been to Cambodia. So mm. even though sometimes... Beautiful. Yeah. I, everything I've read and seen about it, I'd love to go. It's mainly yeah. for the culture and the people. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Even though things didn't work out, there must still be some very nice memories of that period. Definitely. Yeah. So many beautiful men memories, you know, and I've still got love for him. And I think he's, yeah. well, from what he says, I think he still has love for me. But, you know, not everyone is right for us, but he yeah. definitely was a... A really big part of my journey so far. Yeah. I also think, and I didn't learn this till I got older, you don't have to fall out with somebody. No. You know, ex-partners. Now, I'm friends with some of them, uh, well, most yeah. of them, and I may not see them all the time, but I have a lot of love for them. And yeah, definitely. A lot of beautiful people, and yeah. it can be really amicable, and you just, it's mature and sensible to just recognise and think, you know what, this isn't right, but... I still want you to be happy and I still wish you Definitely. all the best. And I, and I yeah. just, you know, I don't wish you any malice, you know. And no, not at all. No. I think it's quite beautiful, especially if people have got kids where the parents can find a common ground and, and mm. get on. We want more of that, hey, don't yeah. we? You know, we want yeah. a lot more where the kiddies don't have to heal from the childhood. And I certainly want that for my children when I have them. <laughs> We've got an announcement to make, Paul. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think the old school way of thinking as well is that parents used to stay together for the kids. Yeah. Trust me, children would rather spend half the time with a happy mum and half the time with a happy dad. Yeah. And all the time with two parents that um, 
are falling out a lot, where there's conflict, where yeah. there's arguments, where yeah. there's this heavy energy. If you're not happy, you can still have a perfect relationship with your children. You don't have to be in the same household. And especially if it becomes corrosive and people are falling out and abusive, then walk away, you mm. know. Um, the old yeah. school way was stay together because of the kids, and I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it at all. No. No, definitely not. I really don't, you know. And I think... A big part for me, I was expecting Adam to make me happy. And when I wasn't happy, I thought, what's going on here? He's not it's making his fault. me happy. <laughs> well, you know? But actually, I really hadn't discovered what, what truly makes me happy at that point. Mm. You Only know? one person can do that. Exactly. And yeah. That, and that, that is obviously, you. I went on the journey after that to discover mm. that. When you're looking for happiness yeah. outside, you're looking in all the wrong places. Yeah. Joy and bliss. I'll explain briefly. Pleasure is derived externally from material things, from external events. That's mm. pleasure. It's transient and brief at best. Yeah. Joy and bliss come from inside. They are yeah. self-generated. They're emotions and feelings that come from inside when you have a correct thought process and you feel good. And it's, it's outward and you give it to everybody. Yeah. Pleasure is temporary and as soon as you disconnect... It's gone. That's why mm. some people go shopping a lot. They get this very brief high. And then the yeah. second they come back home and they've got new things and it's gone. Yeah. It's, it's just temporary. It's an external stimulus. Pleasure is not what you're searching for. It's joy and bliss. Definitely. It's all here, right? Being yeah. in your heart. Exactly. Yeah. It's not always easy, though, you know. Sometimes it's you can get more heady, and, and but you have to just you know, centre mm. and, and bring mm. yourself to here, to your heart. It, trust me, it, it's not easy. No. <laughs> it's not. No. For me to be in a, a relatively peaceful state now, calm and mm. happy and experiencing bliss on most days, Yeah. then that's taken a decade yeah. for me to fit. Well, there's the 20 years before when I wasn't actually trying and then there's the last 10 years when I've, I've put the work in and the effort and spent a lot of time meditating, yeah. being very careful who I associate with and... Being conscious of my environment and the people mm. in my life. Yeah. And then I started to put myself back together, but it took a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're doing amazing. Thank you. Welcome. So, Sammy, you worked at the Halifax before you went. Yes. Then you came back from Australia. I did. And you went back into the corporate world. Yes. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. After Thailand, Bali, Australia, Cambodia. Cambodia. I know... Lots of people have been travelling and I've, mm. I've done a bit myself. And yeah. when you've had a, an extended period away and then you come back, it's really difficult. Usually I have a bit of um, a slump and you're thinking, what yeah. am I doing sitting in a box all day? And you've been spending mm. time on a beach and in the sun and it's, it's hard to adjust, isn't it? really is. You know, travel is just such an amazing thing to do for self-discovery, you know. It's, it just gives you so many memories, you know. When you die, you're not going to remember the couch you've got. It's those memories. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I'd say as human beings, we were born to roam, yeah. experience new things, new cultures. Life is experiential. If you ask, if I said to you, what did you get five years ago on your birthday? You won't remember. No. But if I asked you, do you remember when we were in India? I'd be like, mm. yeah. It's the experiences. Those yeah. are the valuable things. And I say, anything you can replace with money isn't really valuable. Mm -hmm. Anything that can't be bought with money is very valuable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going walking, uh, going on a holiday, spending time with people you love, these oh, things, you yeah. can't buy them. No. These are valuable. A watch, so, it might yeah. be worth 10 grand. Can money replace it? Yes, not valuable. No, not at all. No. No, experiences, definitely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you went back and you became uh, a manager. I was, yeah. 
Tell us a little bit about that. I worked at an insurance company. I was head of customer care and like delivering training. Um, you seem to rise to the top yeah. fairly easily in all the jobs you do. I know. Yes. I do. I was yeah. head of. I was international universal <laughs> corporate manager of the conglomerate for the CEO for the marketing department. I was actually, <laughs> and I was only there three weeks. <laughs> When I worked at Halifax, I was actually the youngest to be promoted at 17. So I don't know why this happens, but it happens. Yes. Um, I'm not complaining. You must be just like really cutthroat, bossy. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. With, with management, for me, it's not, it's not, I'll tell you what to do. Mm. It's, I'll do it and I'll show you how to do it, you know? That's why you did do well. do it together. I, I was teasing them, by the way. No, I know you was, of course. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I wanted no. to get that in there, you know, yes. for anyone that's management at the minute. We can do better. Manage from your heart. I know exactly why you, you excelled at what you did is because a manager for me is somebody that has very, very good people skills, mm. that understands yeah. and educates and listens. Yeah. And you have that energy. Thank you, you know, so, so much. And Thank you. I think that is why. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Appreciate it. So you're a manager for two years. Yeah. Then what happens? I know what happens. You, just, you think, yeah. sort this. One of my friends had her own holistic business, um, holistic health, and I started to do volunteering for her because I'd previously not had amazing health. Generally, or specific health conditions. I mean, have you have you been ill? Like, it was basically I was given too many antibiotics. You know, I kept getting water infections, and they kept saying, "Take these tablets, take these antibiotics," and I'm like, "Okay," because I don't know anymore at this point. Yeah. And then I, I was um, getting the symptoms of an infection, but it wasn't testing infected, and I'm still getting the antibiotics. Not once did they say, "Sammy, what's your diet like?" You know, if they would have sat with me yeah. for a couple of minutes, I was having are two or stressed? three oranges a day. These kind of yeah. things, yeah. Um, oranges are obviously really acidic. I was drinking a lot of alcohol with the girls at weekend. I didn't know anything then about nutrition. Mm. And then I basically ended up in hospital with like a tummy that was out here. Um, and I felt really poorly actually for a good while. And I left the hospital with so many tablets to take. And I just thought, sod this you know yeah. i'm i'm not taking those tablets and i'm going to get better naturally so yeah. that that's when I, I started to really learn about nutrition and how we can heal through what we eat yeah. this is yeah. a, a miraculous healing miracle machine yeah. yeah if you look after it and put the right things in and yeah. surround it with the right things it can heal almost anything yeah. i mean anything yeah. people have cancer a lot die some get better mm, it can heal yeah. cancer this body yeah it can do that but most people don't know what to do to enable it to perform well no you know, and we're it? not really taught we're not where's no. the education on it we have to educate ourselves you know because you certainly don't get that really in school or no exactly yeah i said uh, i write about it in the book again there's no happy class in school we're taught no. history maths english religion all these things mm. the most important thing a child can learn is how to be peaceful, how to mm -hmm. not be angry, and manage yourself to, to be happy. Happy yeah. class. And it's not on the syllabus. No. We don't teach kids how to be happy with some basic skills, meditation, no. yeah. learning about correct diet, learning about interpersonal skills and mm -hmm. managing stress. Kids aren't taught this. No. Why, why are we not teaching them this? They don't yeah. need to know half the crap we learn in school, but they do need no. to know how to look after the mind. They the certainly body. do. And that's why when I was teaching creative writing, I taught the kids meditation at the beginning. They'd mm. come into class, Samantha, I don't know what to write, you know? And I'm like, 
they're so in the head because they've been learning all day. Yeah. So I did a little meditation and then I sang to them really soothing and it was easier for them to write then, you know? Yeah. I say, yeah. I say with a, a child, if a child's stressed, he's been told off at school, he's stressed mm. and everything, there's resistance, there's tension in the system, they'll learn nothing. When you're happy, yeah. when you're in a state of bliss, you learn at 100 miles an hour, you're soaking things up like a sponge. Yeah. If a child learns something but it's made fun... Mm. They learn really easily. But yeah. if it's stressful and they're getting shouted at, they'll learn nothing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the meditation before removes all the noise, mm. turns all this off, they go into the gap, become still. Yeah. And that is when also then you, your mind, you become creative, you start to flow. Yeah, definitely. A lot of them like really enjoyed it, you know, and you could tell that they were benefiting from it. Mm. And then they'd start saying, Samantha, will you sing to us? And I'd be like, well, if you could, I'll sing to you a bit later. And it just helped them be quiet and obviously write more. So that's what they were there to do, creative writing. So you're off to India mm. and you've decided you're going to become uh, a yogi, a yoga teacher. Mm. Yeah. Where did you go in India for that? I went to Rishikesh, actually. It wasn't like I went there and I'd been doing loads of yoga before. It was more I was following my intuition. And it was really saying, Sammy, go, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I went and, um, yeah, I went to Rishikesh and it's the yoga capital of the world and it was stunningly beautiful. Yeah. I'm fortunate I've been to India and I went to Mumbai and then I went to Gujarati and some of the people have nothing. You mm. know, the clothes on the back, food on a good day mm. and, you know, maybe a little hut where they are, the lot of them sleep. But... Some of the happiest people I've ever met. Beautiful Definitely. people, beautiful yeah, people. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, the cultures. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I'd love, you know, when circumstances permit, I'd love to go back to India. Mm. Yeah. And it's such a big country and you could travel around, you could spend a year travelling around India. Yeah. You know. Yeah, really could. It was an amazing part of my journey. After India, Sammy, you came home. I did. How long were you in India for? A month. A month. Yeah. And you did all your training in one hit. Yeah, quite, yeah so I'm qualified mm. as a yoga, yeah. Then clearly something, something's happened. Things oh, yeah. are starting to change. You're thinking and feeling differently because yeah. you come back, you quit your job and you sell your house or you start yeah. to sell your house. Yeah, so it was a really big part of my journey actually. You know, they say India is the mother of truth and it just really made me get truthful with myself and I really did not find my job fulfilling in the slightest, you know. What I, I don't think I've ever really felt fulfilled in my jobs. I've always done my best. Yeah. Um, and I, I've always normally told Sammy, you know, you're lucky to have a job. You've got a job, you're lucky to have a job. And I think, well, I'm lucky to have a job, you know, so I should be happy. Yeah. And then I got to this point where I was like, Sammy, I need to start listening to myself. So that's exactly what I did. And I knew I needed to quit that job instantly. Yeah. And I, I think there's no, there's no luck. Basically, when you follow your heart, mm. your dharma, the universe will correspond to the nature of your song. That's mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Beckwith. Yeah. And the cogs of the universe, when you're in a state of bliss and fully present, start working in your favour. Yeah. They call it um, pronoia, when the universe conspires with you yeah. in your favour. And yeah. then you start to experience synchronicity and alignment and mm. you meet that person that's just what you need. Mm -hmm. You know, you get that information just when you need it, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. So yeah. when you start to follow your heart, everything else will take care of itself. You, you can overthink everything. I say logic limits, dreams deliver and faith frees. And if you apply logical process and thought to everything, you're not going to follow your heart and your dreams. Sometimes you have to 
Throw yourself into gay abandonment, into the wisdom of uncertainty, wing it and just follow your heart and see what happens. Definitely. And, and yes, the, you're going to be in the unknown and you're not going to know how things are going to pan out. And, you know, you forget about security and guarantees, but you follow your heart and trust. Definitely. And it's funny you say that about security because I'd had the house at that point for like, I think over nine years. And it was that feeling that I'm feeling settled and I'd always struggled with it, you know. Yeah. Even when I bought the house... I, I was struck. I struggled when I first moved in. I was struggled with that. What do I do with this feeling of being settled? Like I don't know what to do. I've never really fully experienced it. Um. So yeah, I basically I quit the job and I did not know how I was going to pay the bills. Obviously, I had a mortgage and I had bills to pay, and I just had to trust yeah. that it was going to work out. Everyone thought I'd gone mad. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> happened to me many times in my life. People have said he's, he's, he's crazy or he's, they used to say mental. That's not a term, I try not to use that now. But, no. Um, but yeah, people thought I was crazy. But I'm following my heart, mm. you know. I don't know what's going to happen next. No. I don't know what's going to happen in a few weeks. I haven't no. got a master plan. But all I know is I'm, I feel like I'm doing something worthwhile and I feel Good. like I'm, I'm content. I'm following my heart. I'm following my bliss, you mm. know, and... Beyond that, I don't really have any answers. No. You know, let's no. see what well, happens. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> and it's a good plan. Yeah. Um, in India, when you're talking about bliss, I was having these sort of full states of bliss. We'd, we'd be doing this yoga class, like it was called Journey, for nearly two hours, and I'd just be pure bliss. And people must have been thinking, what's, you know, what's going yeah. on with Sammy in class? But it just felt like pure bliss and I'd be there for I don't know how long you lose track of time right um but yeah so I just I, I didn't know how I was how I was gonna make was, it work yeah. but I knew I was gonna make it work I if you try to explain to somebody I describe to people about the first time I experienced in a piece mm. bliss yeah I'd never felt it before and I was driving home from Manjushri I'd just done my first retreat it was just after I had a nervous breakdown and I drove back from Manjushri. And uh, it was this beautiful feeling. And it came from within. And I just, I was still, I felt peaceful. And I, I couldn't stop smiling. And I, I was mm. exuding, pervading bliss in mm. every direction. I felt incredible. Amazing. And I'd never felt that before. Yeah. Never in my life, you know. Wow. And it was a game changer. And I thought, okay, I'm not quite sure what's happened, but... I need more of this in my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to pursue yeah. this. And so then I became avid. I went on retreat after retreat after retreat, mm. doing long meditations, you know, for hours a day. And yeah. Learning as much as I could about Buddhism then, you know. So. Yeah. This then is the start of your writing, Sammy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you're selling your house, you quit your job. You become inspired, and this is when you start writing, is that correct? Yeah, I'd actually not sold the house at that point. But it's um, on the market, you're selling Yeah, I'm trying to sell it, yeah. So basically, I quit the job in the January, and then um, I kept writing. At first, it was songs, so I started having guitar lessons again. And I was like, I need to write. So I just, I started to write. I'd written a song, Grow. That was the first song i written. Yeah. And then I'd gone for dinner one night with my mom and I was like, I can't stop writing, you know. It's amazing. I can't stop writing. And she said, why don't you write a children's book? And I said, it's really funny you say it because I kept telling my niece and nephew a story every time I seen them that I made up as I went along about this boy who wanted to fly. 
a different story or the same story? It was actually same... Flying Billy, but yes. it wasn't, I'd not written it at that no, point. It wasn't polished then? No. no. I mean, I just made it up, you know, because my dad used to tell me stories when I was a kiddie um, about, it was called Robot Billy, and it was basically his adventures. Mm-hmm. And he'd started to tell my niece and nephew the stories again, because they're only young. And so I could make it relatable to them and name my main character Billy. So it was relatable. Obviously, totally different stories, but that's why he's called Billy. My dad's yeah. called Billy. Ah, mm. ah. Yeah. yeah. I, I read the book. I ordered it pre-show and I wanted to read it and I got it on Amazon. And I had a feeling before I'd even opened it with the, the artwork as well, which is by your friend, I'm assuming, is it? Katie Norris, yes. Right. Yeah, right. she actually came to India with me. Ah, okay. But believe it or not, she didn't believe in herself at all. And she said, I can't do it, I can't do it. No, when I asked her to do the drawings, the illustrations, no, I can't do it. And I was like, Katie, you're amazing. I've seen you work believe in you you can do this let's do it and as a result she did it the first book she's done sometimes somebody just needs to say you can do anything Mm. you can do anything yeah but usually like henry t ford said whether you believe you're right or believe you're wrong either way you're right yeah if you believe in something i say if you never give up it's impossible to fail if you Mm. just keep trying you will succeed eventually and you it's that self-belief that's the trigger most people are capable of incredible things. As human beings, we yeah. haven't, we've only tapped into a fraction of our potential. And sometimes you just need to hear somebody say, you can do anything. And you need somebody to yeah. convince you that you can do it. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. And then you go outside your comfort zone, you expand and grow as a human mm. being, you start to evolve. And then I say to people, start with something small. Yeah. You do something and you think, actually... That wasn't nearly as bad as, because you'll think about it before, think, what if this happens, I'll look silly, what if I fail or not? And then you do it and you think, oh, actually, that feels really good. I mm. can run 5K, for example. Yeah. I wonder if I can do 10. Mm. And then you do 10 you, you think, well, if I can do 10, why can't I do 40? Mm. And you grow and then you start to realise, actually, I can do pretty much anything if I put my mind to it. And that yeah. is the message in your book. Yeah. You know. It's more like putting your heart to it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, that, yeah, that's the message from the book, you know. So you've written how many books now, Sam? I think it's about eight. And then I've also written a children's TV... Well, I've written as if it's a children's TV series as well, a lot. For yes. if it is a children's TV series. Do you have a name for that yet? Oh, no. no, I don't. Um, but I do know that through the book and the children's TV series, which I feel eventually it will be, yeah. um, that... I'm teaching valuable lessons, yeah, basically. So I'm encouraging um, kiddies to believe in themselves, you know. Yeah. Um, kindness to self and to others. Courage, such a big mm. one. Mm. Um, and friendship. Yeah. Friendships are really important. And the message there, Billy goes around asking his father and other people, can I fly? And they all go, no. Mm. And a big part of life is... I say when the music inside is louder than the song outside, you're in the manifesting process. When you, whatever you think is stronger than the programming and conditioning from the external world, and although he's told he can't fly, he just keeps going and does it anyway. He does. And that's a message all children need to learn. You know, if somebody says you can't do it, well, don't listen. You can. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. And so when did you write it? What happened? So basically after the conversation with my mum, the very next morning I woke up and I written, and within about half an hour or less I'd written Flying Billy. Wow. Yeah. 
And then I've written another and another. We talked about this before the start of the show, Sammy. Mm. And you said you're okay to talk about it. And mm. I talk about it a lot. I had a nervous breakdown when I was in my early 40s, 41, 42. Then I even had another nervous breakdown two years ago. And I told myself that it would never happen again. But mm. lo and behold, I got myself in a similar situation where I was working very hard and doing all the things mm. I'm passionate about at the other side. And it all became too much. And I whipped myself into ill health and had a complete collapse, really. I couldn't function, you know, and I was quite ill. Mm. You've had a nervous breakdown too. I have. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Tell us maybe just what you've learned from that and, yeah. you know, how you could... Because you don't want to have a second one like I did, if you can I help it. I definitely do not, no. Um, no. So basically, I had... It was a lot of stress, you know. I'd so I quit the job. I was trying to sell the house. Um, and I was trying to make it work. Yeah. So that's when I started teaching creative writing and stuff like that. But yeah, there was a lot of stress. And I, maybe I wasn't recognising that then. And I wasn't asking for help. Because I'm so used to not asking for help. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I did reach out for help. But yeah, uh, then it was a bit too late, you know. So I've learned, obviously, now if you really need help, ask for help. Bingo. No shame in that at all. That's I learned yeah. those lessons too. Yeah. Initially, I wouldn't even, I just said I have a bit of a wobble. I wouldn't recognise it. I didn't want mm. to talk to anybody. I felt I was this tough guy and that, you know, to ask for help or certainly to go and see a therapist to talk about my problems. I was yeah. just very uncomfortable with the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and so I didn't get that help initially. I also think that if you have a nervous breakdown, you're quite often more susceptible to have another one. And so it's quite important that you learn a lot from that first yeah. event. And I learned that now I'm very careful about I eat a lot healthier. I'm careful about who I spend my time with mm. and the environment, the company mm. I keep. And I also check myself. I'm very aware of how I feel. And if I don't feel good, I generally try and pause, try and figure out what's wrong and then put myself back on track again quite quickly. It's mm. recognising those signs early on, mm. isn't it? You know? Yeah, definitely. So obviously it did happen. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I was poorly. Um, for a little while and I've been building myself up again, building my confidence and just being being strong again, really. Yeah, yeah. so it's been a bit of a journey. Yeah. You came in here today and came in and it was very little nerves and mm. just seemed to be completely at home and comfortable. So you, yeah. you've obviously done a lot of work and I've done you're a lot feeling of work. good. I've done yeah. a lot of work, yeah. Now to your singing, Sammy. Yeah. So this is quite exciting. Yeah. You sing, maybe tell us when you started and what you're doing at the moment, because I know you've got, yeah. you're putting something together, which is very exciting. Yeah, I'm doing an EP at the moment, so I'm doing a four-song album. Um, okay. My teacher's really just, like, encouraged me to do it, so I'm doing it, but I, I love writing lyrics, I love writing music, I love singing, actually, as well. Do you play instruments or an instrument? I'm learning, the guitar has been something I've been learning for years and years, yeah. but now I'm more determined with it. But I'm learning piano and I'm finding piano is easier than guitar. Um, so, yeah, the focus mainly is on the piano and then I'm going to obviously do more guitar, yeah. So with your EP, are you playing the instruments? I'm actually not at the moment, no. no. So I'm working with my teacher on melodies, so I'm yeah. more lyrics. Don't find melody as easy at the moment. Um, no. So, yeah, so the album's actually nearly done now. Right, and, yeah. and what are you going to do with it? Where's it going to go? Well, we were going to do it 
and my teacher had said Spotify. Um, yeah. But then I was at an event and I sang and a gentleman came up to me, a beautiful, beautiful, lovely man. And he said, wow, Sammy, you've got a stunning singing voice. And I was like, really? Yeah. Um, you know, thank you so much. It obviously meant the world to me. And he said, what are you doing at the moment? And I said, oh, I'm actually writing an album. Um, I've nearly written it, actually. I've nearly written four songs. And he said, are you getting signed by a label? And I said, no, I'm just going to do it on Spotify. And he said, you need to get signed with a, with a label. He signed with a label. Yeah. And he said, talk to talk to him and, and he's going to help me know what to do. So we're actually going to talk about it this week. So that's exciting. Wonderful. When we said about the universe corresponding to the nature of your song, this guy... You sang and he's just appeared and he might be just the guy you need to speak to. Isn't that amazing? He might be. We're actually discussing working together on a house track as well because my music's more like acoustic. Um, Like Eva Cassidy, I used to love her. They say, don't they, you know, tell me what song saved you when you really needed it. And then it was Eva Cassidy. Yeah. But I'm learning now. As I'm happier, that actually it's quite depressing sometimes. <laughs> um, so obviously don't listen to her as much, but still think obviously she was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I've been just really called to do a house track and I spoke to him and he does house music. Right. Did this, I say that right? House music? Yeah. Um, house issue. Just like fast disco. <laughs> um, so, At the discotheque. <laughs> yeah. So he does house music. So it's all worked out. Yeah, really good. I don't know as yet. Obviously, we've not we've not done anything as yet. We're just going to chat about it. But yeah. yeah, I believe Sammy that you're actually looking for another publisher. Is that right? Yeah, my current publisher is amazing and he's a beautiful man. But basically, he doesn't do marketing. Yes, and that's what I need is marketing. How does anybody know that you've got a book out if you've got no marketing? Yeah. But I feel what I need probably is the right publisher who also does marketing. So obviously, you know how many books I've written, you know, but the only one so far to be published, and I'm still so thankful that I'm published, is Flying Billy. Yeah. But there's a a lot. I think you'll find that if you stay in a state of bliss Mm. and just keep doing what you're doing, that the person will appear. Definitely. Yeah, I think the same. So, Sammy, Mm. if somebody wants to get your book, Flying Billy, where did they go? Waterstones. Okay. Um, so it's online at Waterstones, but I was told that the Trafford Centre from the beginning of Jan were getting it in store. But it's okay. definitely online. Wonderful. Amazon. It's okay. available not only in England, but also in Australia, in America. Yeah. You know. Very yeah. good. Yeah. What we'll do at the end of the show, I'm going to put three links in the text for Fab. the with YouTube and also with the audio podcast as well. So with Podbean, yeah. Spotify, iTunes, etc. And it'll say, we'll give the link for Amazon, mm-hmm. we'll give the link for Waterstones, yeah. and we'll give your Instagram account as well. Brilliant. So people can find you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So yeah. that new publisher can get in touch with you. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. What's next for Sammy? I mean, musician, yogi, creative writing, author, traveling the world, mm. an EP coming out, mm. world domination. What, <laughs> what, what's next? <laughs> Obviously, the EP at present is my focus, yeah. um, but I really want to buy a camper van. I feel really called to buy a camper. Um, it's just, yeah, one of my heart desires. So mm. potentially I'm always buying looking a camper. At them. I just haven't got any money. Mm. I just, they're so, be- they're so beautiful when they're done up. I want to make it really pretty. And yeah, you know, just be able to drive somewhere in the camper and, and have a little adventure whenever I want, you know. So camper van. 
Mm. And I don't really know the rest, to be honest. Mm. And I think that's part of the beauty of it mm. is that mm. is the not knowing. Just follow your bliss. Yeah. Where that is tomorrow, you never know. You only know where it is in the present moment. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, definitely. I actually know a few people that live in vans as well, you know, in ah. uh, RVs or camper vans. Yeah. yeah okay. Full time. You know, so. Wow. Mm. Mm, I don't know that I'd want to live there full time. But go on. Yeah, still journeys. like my luxuries. Yeah. But yeah, definitely go on adventures. Yeah. Wonderful. Sammy, Samantha E. West, it's been an absolute pleasure. Same. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really grateful you came it. to the studio. You're a lovely lady. Thank you so much. And as Paolo Coelho would say, because mm. you've read The Alchemist, as I've I have. I've read a lot of his books. Warrior of Light. Yeah, I've got that one. I have. Mm. got it here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Sammy, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. And keep us updated because I have a feeling that in a short space of time, a matter of a few months, we might need to do this again and you'll have mm. to tell us what's occurring. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I'd love to. Thank you All so right. much for having me. Really thank appreciate you. it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a little special treat for you now in the extras. And Miss Samantha E. West is going to read Flying Billy for us. Flying Billy. There was once a boy named Billy who had always dreamt of being able to fly. He didn't know why, but he thought that maybe he was being a little bit silly. He went to his dad, Bert, and asked, Dad, do you think I will be able to fly? Absolutely not, said his dad. Now you really are being silly. See, this is why I call you Silly Billy. His best friend was called Belinda. Right, thought Billy, I will see if Belinda thinks I can fly. Belinda was dancing around in her garden when he arrived. What are you doing? asked Billy. I'm dancing with the fairies, said Belinda. Oh, okay, said Billy. Well, I've come to ask you a question. Go on, said Belinda. Do you think I can fly? said Billy. Belinda was quiet for a moment and then she said, Do you think you can? Yes, said Billy, after a while scratching his head and giving it some thoughts. Then of course I think you can fly, said Belinda. Wow, okay, well then see you later, I'm off to fly, said Billy. And off he went, leaving Belinda to dance with the fairies. Billy had gone to the park. It can't be that hard to fly, he thought. He ran backwards and forwards and backwards again. And now I'm ready, he said. So he ran forwards and jumped on his side. But crash, he fell right on his ear. He got up, dusted himself off and he did it again. Only this time he ran further. But bang, he fell right on his nose. Hmm, he thought, I shall just have to keep trying. A week went by and he thought, my poor ears and nose. It would be nice to land on another part of my body. So he jumped again, but this time he landed like a starfish on the floor. Belinda saw the whole thing and she fell about on the floor laughing. Oh, Billy, she said, once she'd caught her breath. You make such a happy looking starfish. They still had a great day playing, even though Billy could still not fly. That night, whilst Billy was having his dinner, his dad, Bert, said, Give up flying now, son, it can't be done. It can, Billy said, I believe it can. And he took himself off for a walk. On his walk, Billy saw a bright, sparkling star. It looked nearly as big as him. Hi, star, said Billy. I really would love to be able to fly, and I believe I can. But I need your help. Please, can you help me to fly? The star was quiet as if it was listening and then it sparkled a beautiful bright yellow followed by pink, then blue, then purple, then white. 
That night he went home and before he went to sleep he said, and I believe magic exists too. And then he fell straight into a magical night's sleep. The next morning when Billy woke up, he went to brush his teeth and to his amazement he caught sight in the mirror of, but could it be? Was it really? It was. Billy had grown a magical pair of white fluffy wings. He could not contain his excitement, so he ran all around the house saying, this is amazing, this is amazing. The more excited he became, the bigger the wings grew. His parents were still having breakfast and did not say a thing. Silly Billy, they thought. As they did not believe in magic, they could not actually see Billy's wings. Billy was too excited to notice this and he ran straight to Belinda's house. Belinda was talking to her flowers in her garden. Belinda, are you okay? asked Billy. Yes, Billy, I'm just talking to the fairies that live in the flowers, she said whilst rolling her eyes. Oh my, Billy, she said, unable to control her excitement. You have wings. Yes, I do, he said. I knew you could fly, she said. Let's go test them out, said Billy rather excitedly. They went to the most beautiful magical forest and Billy took a run and a leap and off he went. He could fly. This is amazing, thought Billy. I knew I could fly. See, Billy, said Belinda. Anything is possible if we just believe. Flying Billy by me, Samantha Elizabeth West. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave you with a quote from the book from Pills to Peace. And this week, the quote is, if you don't jump, you can't fly. You'll never get off the ground. Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith. Throw yourself into the abyss, into the wisdom of uncertainty. Wing it and just know that everything's going to be okay. This has been Midnight McBride. I hope you've enjoyed the show. You can get the book on Amazon in about 10 of the places. You can also get the Kindle version. You can get the audiobook on Amazon, ACX, iTunes, Audible and lots of other places. You can catch this show every Monday and every Thursday on YouTube. Please subscribe if you want to get regular updates. You can also then three days later hear the audio podcast, which includes Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Amazon, Google, etc. You can listen to the radio show every Monday night on Salford City Radio 94.4 FM from 11pm till midnight or midnight till midnight. You can go to the website midnightmcbride.com and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and others. This has been Midnight McBride. I'll see you next time. Shalom.